welcome to the world's first Straight Talk SolarCast. This is your go-to podcast for answers about solar. Brought to you by Solar Harmonics in Northern California, who invite their customers to own their energy by purchasing a solar panel system for their home, business, or farm. Each episode, we discuss questions facing people making the decision to go solar. The solutions to your questions are given to you straight by one of the leading experts in the solar industry, Jamie Duran, president of Solar Harmonics. Feel free to search our library for answers to questions that you're facing when considering solar. And now, here's Adam Duran, our host with the questions, and Jamie Duran, our solar expert with Straight Talk SolarCast. Okay, welcome to another edition of the Straight Talk SolarCast. Uh, and this week, uh, I was going to go ahead and respond to a survey that I got from the SGIP, which is Self-Generated Incentive Plan uh, for, or Incentive Program uh, for battery storage. Uh, they wanted my opinion on what is, uh, what's happening in the market. And so instead of just filling out the survey and sending it back, I thought it'd be fun to uh, record the answers uh, to the questions and then put that as a podcast. So uh, without any uh, further ado, I'll skip ahead to the questions that make sense. And um, let's see, job title is president, Solar Harmonics. Uh, are you knowledgeable about your organization's sales and marketing effort of behind the meter storage systems? Yes, according to our records, your organization has been involved with the installation of one or more behind the meter storage systems that received an incentive from the SGIP. What that means is, uh, did you help uh, a client get a rebate <laughs> on the batteries? And yes, we did. Uh, any involvement in your organization has had with the SGIP, uh, and that is SGIP, again, stands for uh, Self-Generated Incentive Program. And uh, so uh, we have uh, done many battery installations. And does your organization continue to active, actively sell behind the meter storage programs? Uh, yes although we discourage people uh, from doing so. And then number 15, why not? So uh, we, we do include this as an option, a battery backup or battery storage for uh, our solar panel systems. And the reason I really try and talk people out of it, uh, there's many reasons, but the first and strongest reason is that in PG&E territory, uh, we are, or PG&E customers are subject to uh, net energy metering. And what that means is the uh, any excess solar energy that is uh, generated from the solar panel system is sent back to PG&E for retail credit. And so in the summer, that means any excess power, the customer is getting close to 50 cents per kilowatt hour credit on their electricity bill, while the nighttime rate is only 12 to 14 cents. So if that person had a 10 kilowatt battery, uh, instead of getting uh, essentially $5 of credit for that 10 kilowatt, uh, kilowatt hours of battery storage, uh, they would actually be using that battery uh, for their nighttime power, in essence. And so then they would have to, you know, the nighttime power, 10 times uh, 14 cents, so it's $1.40. So every day that they're using the battery, they are essentially trading uh, $5 of credit for $1.40 of benefit. Mm, doesn't make any financial sense. And so uh, I don't see how batteries in net uh, energy metering territories ever make any financial sense. 
could they make emotional sense? Absolutely. Could they make, uh, you know, people that just want that, they want to store their own power that they're generating? Oh, heck yeah, <laughs> that, that makes sense. Uh, the other parts, uh, there's a million other reasons, uh, but the, uh, one of the other big ones is the SGIP uh, rebate does not apply to uh, battery backups. So I see tons and tons of uh, advertising about, oh, you know, PG&E power goes out, you need to have a battery backup. Well, I 100% disagree with that <laughs> because uh, number one, PG&E is pretty reliable. Uh, there's really uh, not a lot of areas in, you know, urban areas or suburban areas where PG&E goes out for more than, you know, 10, 15, two hours, uh, 10, 15 minutes, two hours uh, a year. <laughs> so, um, you know, spending all the money on a, a larger solar panel system because you need more panels uh, on a battery system just to hopefully uh, have the battery available when you need it. Uh, 10 kilowatt hours, which is most battery sizes, not a lot of storage. So, I mean, it'll really... Will it keep a refrigerator on? Uh, no, not really. Will it run an air conditioner? No, not really. Will it charge up a cell phone? Yes. Uh, will it charge, you know, will it allow you to run your computer? Probably. Um, but it's, it's 10 kilowatt hours goes really quick. And if the power is out for quite a long time, uh, more than likely you're not going to be generating enough power to keep the lights on <laughs> and so forth. So, uh, the other part is that the SGIP uh, rebate does not apply to battery storage. It is uh, supposed to be uh, for uh, essentially using the battery during the day, so we're reducing the load of power during uh, peak times. And so you have to sign an affidavit uh, in order to get the rebate saying that you will not be using your battery system for battery storage. So I'm a bit confused by all the advertisements I see <laughs> that they're advertising a rebate, uh, the state rebate that's going to be closing soon uh, for batteries when it's uh, it doesn't even apply to backup power. So uh, hopefully uh, the SGIP people are going back and auditing all of these clients uh, and uh, and these, cus these companies. And uh, I would be Really curious to see what the outcome is going to be if these uh, people were sold a battery uh, backup uh, and also got a rebate because in my mind that's uh, that's fraud. Uh, so the next part that doesn't make any fun <laughs> any sense to me is that uh, especially in the battery backup is that most power outages are probably going to be weather related in California. So if there's a big hurricane or you know big rainstorm that knocks out the power most times that's going to happen in the winter times and in the winter that's when the sun hours are at their very lowest and so uh, you know one to two sun hours per day on average is about normal in December or January and if the power goes out uh, let's just say it's been cold rainy dark uh, for about a week the power goes out uh, and there's nothing in the battery so it's my absolute worst nightmare to get a call uh, 11.30 at night on Christmas Eve, having a customer screaming at me that their power went out and this battery storage system that they bought from me uh, is doesn't have any power in it and I've ruined their Christmas. And so, uh, because they don't have any power and there's nothing in the battery. So uh, again, with the battery backups, we highly recommend, if somebody's buying it for backup power, 
uh, we strongly recommend they get a generator, a backup generator, rather than a battery backup system. So a um, million other reasons, but you know, another reason <laughs> just came to mind is that the batteries, uh, they degrade and they degrade a lot. Uh, about 10% a year is what they're, they're getting. So if they start off with 10 kilowatt hours in the first year, the next year, nine kilowatt hours and so forth. So, um, you know, after five years, they're only at about half their capacity. Uh, after 10 years, there's almost, you know, time to get a new one. <laughs> and so uh, that's, uh, you know, a lot of times people want to have that uh, power and they want to have the battery backup or battery storage, but essentially it's losing 10% every year. So um, does it make financial sense? No, uh, in my opinion, and I'm a finance person by trade. So looked at these a lot, uh, even with the 30% tax credit, it's, it, in my mind, you're still trading a uh, 40 cent or 50 cent kilowatt hour during the day credit for a 14 cent, uh, you know, essentially savings, <laughs> uh, really no savings. So you're trading a, a 50 cent for a 14 cent and that can never make any sense to me. So uh, let's see, number 16, uh, please describe your organization's role in behind the meter energy storage market. Uh, we are a, and it's a solar installer. Uh, what percentage behind the meter storage products are you involved with uh, purchase versus lease? Uh, we did 100% purchase. Leases make no financial sense again because essentially if you're going to get a, a rebate and a tax credit, it doesn't make sense to give that away. Uh, does your organization primary sell lease standalone solar PV system standalone behind the meter storage or combined PV? I'd say we're, uh, we are standalone PV systems mostly. Uh, what percentage of your solar PV and behind the meter storage uh, is in the residential market? I'd say 50%. And uh, uh, let's see, the rest of it is based on target market. So I'd like to find out about the customer markets your organization serves and the specific energy storage products you offer for sale or lease. Which types of pro uh, customers do you consider your primary target? I'd say residential. Why do you target? Uh, because we can reach the decision makers uh, much faster. For how long uh, ha how have these customer segments been your primary target? Is that 11 years? Please describe your behind the meter storage product line. Is the LG Chem RES or uh, the LG Chem 10 kilowatt hour battery uh, along with the store edge uh, inverter from Solar Edge? Uh, what are your typical end use customer cost to purchase and install the behind the meter systems? Uh, it depends on which size they want and what options they want. Typical behind the meter storage cost for end users on top of purchase and installation. Uh, this is a great question because to get the rebate, we have to plan on anywhere from 10 to 40 hours of office time uh, to get all of the paperwork together. Uh, and that is not a small amount of work for each battery project. So unfortunately, uh, when we sell a battery project, it's not just for the equipment. We essentially have to charge for our office time uh, to absolutely, you know, get the rebate. Uh, for the customer. So we don't even see any of the rebate, but we're investing about 40 hours to get the rebate for the customer. So uh, we have started charging for this time and it's uh, it's not a small amount. It probably adds about $1,000 to the to the project, which is to me, that's a, that's a lot of money to spend on the processing of this, the back and forth, endless back and forth until uh, there must be over, it feels like over a hundred requirements that have to be uh, 
denoted on the uh, on the application process, and that's just insane. So uh, we we would definitely have to add on for that. Uh, the other part is on the customer service side. Uh, so the customers are not upset with uh, the SGIP people on how long it takes to get their rebate, which typically six months is what we're quoting. Best case, we're telling them 18 months, worst case, in order to get their, uh, their rebate back. But they never get upset <laughs> with the SGI people. SGI people, they're getting upset with us. So uh, as I mentioned, we're investing a lot of time, energy, and effort to get this rebate, and it's only a lose-lose situation for us. So uh, we cannot get the rebate fast enough. Uh, even if we got it on the first day, it uh, would not be fast enough for these clients. Uh, they feel that they've spent the money and we are holding on to their money. So every day is uh, we, we just get bombarded from these clients who want to know what's the status of their rebate. And uh, we, we definitely do our best and we try and uh, set it up that uh, it's not us, <laughs> but we're doing our best. And uh, unfortunately, it's on, there's only a downside for us uh, selling batteries uh, from a customer uh Customer success, they, they can only get mad at us. We cannot get the rebate done fast enough for them. And then uh, let's see, next I'd like to ask you a few questions about the marketing methods your organization uses when selling uh, BTM or uh, behind the meter storage systems. Please describe the strategies, approaches your organization uses to promote the purchase of energy storage systems. Uh, we uh, include a battery option in every one of our uh, solar proposals that when we review with a client and uh, many, many times clients ask us about store uh, batteries, uh, they want them ahead of time and we, uh, we do our best to turn them off to it and uh, we explain the financial reasons uh, and the practical uh, reasons for them as well. Uh, and sometimes we, we do our best to talk them out of it and uh, they still want it and we will go ahead and uh, get it done for them. But it's, it, we tell them it's not a fast process, it's not an easy process, and it will take a, quite a long time uh, not only to get the uh, battery rebate, but uh, the PG&E process is much more involved on a battery backup system. So we tell them, you know, your solar panels might be producing, but we cannot turn them on until we have PG&E approval. We cannot go through the normal PG&E approval process. It has to go through their, uh, their battery uh, system. And then that adds, I would say at least a month onto that process because it's a lot more, a lot more hands uh, touching the system. So uh, we have to let them know that ahead of time as well. Uh, it says, uh, do you use any proactive methods where you reach out to potential customers to generate leads for uh, behind the meter storage? Uh, no, we do not. Because uh, <laughs> uh, again, I don't feel it's a successful uh, or a uh, useful way of uh, promoting solar panel systems and batteries have been not, uh, not helpful in this process. They actually make it uh, much more difficult to uh, have someone go solar in a reasonable amount of time. How successful have your methods been? I'd say pretty zero, uh, pretty close, and we discourage it uh, dramatically. Um, marketing messages. It says, I'd also like to learn about the specific messages and information your organization provides to customers when reaching out to uh, sell BTM storage systems. What benefits do you emphasize in your marketing? Um, really, all I do is talk about the negatives. I, I really still have yet to find why would anyone 
why in the world would anyone want to have a battery backup system when they can get a much better, essentially PG&E is their real-time battery. PG&E is giving them credit on their electricity bill. And now with the advent of the community choice aggregation plans where they can actually get retail credit on their true up bill up to, you know, with MCE, Marine Clean Energy, they get $5,000 that MCE will actually pay them. <laughs> At the end of the year, it's insane that they would want to stick it into a battery. So um, still uh, not the only way I would say it makes sense is like in city of Alameda, they have eliminated their uh, net energy metering program. So excess power, those customers get zero. So in those cases, we definitely think where there's no net energy metering, uh, that is where uh, batteries will make a lot of sense. If PG&E ever gets rid or the CPUC uh, gets rid of uh, net energy metering systems, then batteries will be an absolute necessity for solar panel systems. So uh, on a scale of one to five, where one is not at all important, five extremely important, how important are the following items in your behind the meter sales messaging? So energy bill savings, zero. <laughs> Remember, scale of one to five. Uh, reduction in demand charges, uh, zero. Improving, improving the reliability of the customer's electric supply, zero. Provision of backup power during an outage, zero. Participation in demand response programs. So if you're a commercial client, uh, they have to actually pay a demand charge. I'll probably talk about that on a uh, upcoming podcast. Uh, of what that actually is and why solar uh, helps with that immediately. Uh, well, it, not quite immediately, but these are, this is one of the benefits that uh, for commercial buildings and commercial clients, uh, the batteries uh, say that they really help with. So we'll talk more about that. Uh, ability to use more of the solar the customer generates, uh, zero. Uh, investment tax credit, one. SGIP, uh, negative one, <laughs> negative five. Other benefits response, uh, I'd say a one. Um, how much, so next question, how much as a percentage of their annual bill do you say the customers will be able to save? Just with solar and, you know, one of the nice parts of the net energy metering, let's just say a customer is using on an annual basis 10,000 kilowatt hours. Well, we don't need to install 10,000 kilowatt hours of production from the solar panel systems. We can install, let's just say 8,000 and then because of the net energy metering, the customer is receiving credit on their, uh, on their electricity bill. So a kilowatt hour during peak time is worth essentially three kilowatt hours at night. So the result is we don't have to install 10,000 kilowatt hours worth of solar production. We can install 8,000 and still get to 100% offset of their electricity bill. Uh, so with batteries, if that power is going into the battery, we now have to install 10,000 kilowatt hours of solar production. Uh, so it's kind of crazy. Um, how much do you say they will be able to save? Uh, tell them it's going to actually cost them much more uh, on their system. Uh, what percentage of the customer's load during an outage do you typically estimate will be served? Uh, we say 10%, if that. How much does the federal investment tax credit factor into your decision to promote solar PV paired with uh, behind the meter storage? Uh, 1%. What features of SGIP do you promote? Zero. Uh, do you address whether solar PV systems uh, with storage are preferable or required compared to solar without storage? Yes, all the time. We definitely promote solar without storage. Um, if so, let's see, we don't. Um, if so, what additional benefits or requirements do you indicate 
for solar PV systems with storage as compared to solar PV systems without storage. Uh, we've already talked about a lot of them, uh, but the, you know, the main ones uh, that solar without storage uh, is the net energy metering credit. You don't have depreciating equipment. Uh, you don't have to uh, fill out, you know, you don't have to lie about the SGIP saying that it's not uh, available for backup power, so forth and so on. So lots and lots of reasons. Uh, do you provide the customer with information on the economics of the, of the investment, uh, payback period versus storage and solar PV together? Absolutely. Every single proposal, we calculate the savings and the payback period. Do you mention anything about net energy metering? If so, what do you tell them? I tell them everything about net energy metering. Uh, I tell them about community choice aggregation and why it probably makes more sense now to uh, install more solar panels uh, than it did before. Instead of going for 100% offset, it may make sense to go for 110 or 120% of what they are using now. Uh, people's uh, electricity rates or usage is tending to increase, especially as uh, we're using more air conditioning and so forth, and electric cars and so forth. Do you provide information about the impact of changing time of use rates on the economics of storage systems? What information do you provide? Yes, we do. We let them know why solar makes so much sense, especially with time of use rates and why it makes more sense when they're going solar to use the time of use rate rather than the tiered system uh, that they were previously on. And that's because solar kilowatt hours uh, are very valuable and the amount of power, you know, solar is most effective when PG&E rates are the highest. And so that's why any power they can put it, push to after 9 p.m., for example, running a dishwasher, running their air conditioner, running the pool pumps, things like that, they, they can produce uh, after 9, before 7 a.m., uh, to push as much credit during the day as they can uh, makes a huge financial sense for them. And the batteries inhibit that. So it, it again, doesn't make any sense. Uh, so let's see, uh, drivers and barriers. Next uh, few questions concern the drivers and barriers you've observed to your customers' adoption behind the meter storage systems. What do you believe are the current near-term drivers to customer adoption of storage systems? How do these vary by uh, uh, size type of customer. So uh, commercial customers, I, it could make financial sense if they are using a huge amount of uh, power during the middle of the day. I talked a little bit about the demand charges. And what a demand charge is, is if you are a business uh, and let's just say in one, one day in, in July, you used 100,000 kilowatt hours in one day. And it's just uh, an example. But normally you use, uh, say, 20,000 kilowatt hours. Well, PG&E takes that demand and they essentially reserve that $100,000 kilowatt hour and, or level of usage. And then they charge you for that for the rest of the year, just in case you uh, hit that amount. So it's kind of like an insurance policy for PG&E that they will reserve that amount of power just in case you need it. Um, but now you're paying for it for the, the rest of the year. And so the way solar helps with that is because now you're not having those giant spikes, especially with batteries. Uh, the power can be stored into the batteries. And so if you do have that spike of 100,000 kilowatt hours, you're not gonna get crushed by the, uh, by the amount of demand charges that'll happen. That doesn't apply to the residential side, at least not now. So um, that could be one thing is if PG&E decides to put in demand charges for clients, then solar is gonna be an even bigger no-brainer than it is right now. The relationship uh, between purchase of solar PV, photovoltaic, and 
purchase of behind the meter storage? Uh, do, does either technology drive the sales of the other? Well, yeah, of course, it, it's, without uh, solar, then people would not even be considering uh, having a battery. So of course it, it drives it, but uh, we are, uh, again, not, not in favor of it. Uh, and then if both uh, selling combined solar storage, do you find the customer's decision to install solar uh, or the amount of solar PV they install is influenced by their decision to install behind the uh, meter storage, so battery storage? Um, I would say no. Uh, what percentage of the time do you find each of the following? Uh, typically, a customer's decision to install so uh, storage influences their, zero, uh, influences their decision to install solar. Typically, a customer's decision to install storage influences the amount of PV zero. Uh, typically, a customer's decision to purchase solar PV influences their decision to install uh, storage. Let's say 10%. Uh, typically, customers make a joint decision to purchase solar PV and storage. That's 90%. Um, what do you believe are current and near-term barriers uh, adoption of behind-the-meter storage systems? Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, let's just start with net energy metering. That's a big one. Uh, so as long as that's around, <laughs> uh, uh, then it's going to be really challenging to get batteries going. Uh, but it's a huge, huge benefit. And sending power back to PG&E and getting that credit is very, very good. And then with uh, the Marine Clean Energy, the community choice aggregation programs that are actually rewarding customers and paying retail rates for the excess power, that is uh, pretty beautiful. Uh, so batteries are not going to make a lot of sense in, in any of those instances. Uh, how do you address the perceived barriers in order to make the sale? We don't. We discourage them. We, it's, our, it's in our best interest to have a happy customer, not a customer that in a year from now says, hey, I, what, what benefit am I getting from this battery? It's really cool and it looks great, but what am I, you know, what's, what's the benefit? And if we just say, well, you had a full battery all year, great. <laughs> you know, that's something, all right, but uh, no, no specific benefits that we can point to. And so it's in our best interest to have happy customers that are ecstatic about their, their solar panel systems rather than, you know, did I just waste $10,000 on this uh, battery that is really just hanging on the wall and not doing anything. In general, what suggestions do you have for utilities regulate? Oh boy, do I have a lot of this. I wish I would have started this one. So the first one, if they really, really, really want to get storage going, uh, number one, institute the demand charge for residential systems. Number two, eliminate net metering in, uh, in California or wherever. Uh, number three, eliminate the community choice aggregation programs. Uh, really force customers that have solar or are considering solar, that solar and batteries together, uh, if you do not have a battery, you are losing the excess power that your panels are generating. That will 100% change every customer's uh, perspective on uh going solar and not having, or having a battery storage systems. What do you estimate is a typical payback or IRR for storage systems? It's negative. Uh, there is no payback, again, because of the net metering. You're trading a 50 cent kilowatt hour for a 14 cent kilowatt hour. Uh, that makes no sense whatsoever. What percentage roughly of a customer's uh, storage system cost do you estimate are offset by the SGAP? So, once they do get it, uh, now keep in mind, they've had to wait six months, 18 months <laughs> for this rebate. Um, and then a uh, crazy part, uh, SGIP, is the, uh, the rebate is taxable. So 
uh, it's like income. And so you now have to pay federal and state uh, income tax on it. So uh, get ready to say goodbye to a lot of that as well. Um, and then what, sh what share of your organization's storage sales are in California versus US, I'd say 100%. What percent of your organization's storage sales are incentivized to the SGIP? Uh, I would say 100%. How hard would it be to sell storage systems without the SGIP incentive? Uh, extremely hard. <laughs> uh, what, uh, what is the effect that the SGIP had on your company's sales? Uh, zero. Uh, what ex impact do you have it, expect to have in the future? Zero. Uh, please elaborate. Uh, we just don't promote it. Uh, we don't think it's a, a good program at all. Uh, it only sets us up for failure, for, for frustration on the customer side. So it's certainly not risk, worth the risk of us uh, promoting it. Uh, and until the financial incentives are changed for someone to have a battery backup system, uh, the solar storage uh, market, in our opinion, uh, is can only be sold through uh, deceitful, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, it just does not make financial sense. So the companies that are selling it are really doing it uh, just to make the sale, in, in our opinion. So uh, that is all. Oof, that was a long, long one. So I talked essentially for 28 minutes straight. Um, and this was a long, long uh, response. I hope you found it useful. I hope uh, you got a taste into what uh, the SGIP and the CPUC <laughs> are looking for when it comes to uh, storage systems and uh, hopefully you got something out of uh, why storage systems at least right now do do not make sense uh, from our perspective so please uh, as always uh, feel free to email us at uh, straight talk solarcast at uh, solarharmonics.com check out our uh, facebook page at straight talk solarcast and uh, thank you again have a great week and uh, go solar bye that's all for now Thank you for listening to this episode of Straight Talk SolarCast with solar expert Jamie Duran. Join us each week for more answers to your solar questions. Speaking of questions, got some? Email us at solarcast at solarharmonics.com and we'll be sure to give you an answer in an upcoming episode. This episode of Straight Talk SolarCast is brought to you by Solar Harmonics, the leading solar energy developer in Northern California, who invite you to own your energy. Visit them on the web at www.solarharmonics.com.